How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Building Your Wealth Muscle. On this episode, it's a solo episode dedicated to S-corporations. I'm going to give you three main benefits of being an S-corp. going to myth bust some of the complexity around S-corps. And then at the end, or the middle and the end, we're going to give you a, or I'm going to give you a detailed walkthrough of the process and including in that who does what so that the complexity that may be in your mind can be alleviated by, okay, a lot of this is being outsourced. Um, so I, I really hope you find this helpful. I'm very passionate about S-Corps and think that people should consider them. And I hope this is helpful. Enjoy the episode. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're gonna break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, sorry, this podcast episode is actually getting released a little bit late. Um, I did not double check that my microphone was properly connected. So here we go, round two. And this is going to be a solo episode all about S-corporations. Um, one, three main benefits, why you should even care what an S-corp does or can do for you. But more importantly, I want to dispel some of the myths about the complexity behind it. Now, again, it's not going to be as easy as some other aspects of business, but I want to press up, impress upon you a lot of the things that are, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, complex. A lot of them are one-time setups. So the first time you're doing it, it might feel like, geez, you're, this is a lot. But again, remember, the tax savings can be substantial, 10, 20, 30, $50,000, depending on the size of your business and the revenue. Um, or say, and the profit, not the revenue. Um, but again, a lot of it is, as you'll learn today. Again, this is going to be this is going to be a step by step tutorial. So hopefully, the simplicity will, will it will feel more simplistic when I'm done explaining it to you. Or more importantly, you can see how all of these tasks, or most of them, are completely outsourced. Like you know, a little self promotion. My team handles everything for you. Um, but obviously, you need to be involved to some extent. And you'll learn about that. But let's back up for those who might be like, what the hell is an S-Corp and why do I care? So let's start there. So the first thing you should know is if you are setting up your business and you're probably like, okay, I don't want to, I want a business entity. I've always heard about LLCs. Let me do that. And let me, so maybe you're forming your LLC in hopes of getting a tax break. Um, that's a myth. So for instance, if you're a sole proprietorship or you're a one-member LLC, there is no tax benefit to that. In the eyes of the IRS, they're the same. So if you're when you're looking at the LLC, for instance, a limited liability company, that is a legal instrument for your business. Now again, consult a lawyer in your state because the protections it affords you is going to vary by your state. But when we're talking about taxes, a, a, just a regular LLC that you're the only member of, there's no tax benefit there. 
So, and that's one of the reasons you'll often hear called a disregarded entity, because from the IRS perspective, it's nothing. Um, again, it's a legal protection entity. Um, but then there's an opportunity to move your LLC to a tax status of an S corporation. Now, that's what I'm going to talk about today. If you decide to make that election. Now, there's three main benefits, and then I'll give a little more detail on, on how it works. So there's three main benefits. The first one is it reduces self-employment taxes. So if you work for another company, you're, you're going to get a withholdings, and you probably notice that they're sending money for Social Security, otherwise known as FICA. Um, they're paying for you um, unemployment, those th- sorts of things, Medicare. Um, that's what's all included in what's called self-employment taxes. And you're paying those as an independent contract, or sorry, as a business owner. So those self-employment taxes, as I'm recording this, are 15.3%. So they're a fairly expensive portion of your of your tax bill. And again, this is not talking about uh, your federal taxes, your state taxes, your local taxes. So an S-corp comes in, and it's going to help you reduce that self-employment tax. And so that, I'll just give you a brief example. So if, again, on a hypothetical scenario, if you're making $100,000 of profit and you p- decide to pay yourself a reasonable salary in the S-corp, which you're obligated to do, I shouldn't say if you decide to, you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary. Um, let's say for argument's sake, you pay yourself $60,000. Again, just for simplicity's purposes, on that sixty thousand, you're going to pay everything: your self-employment, your federal, your state, your local. You have every tax in that sixty k. Now, the other forty k in your S corp, that's the rest of your profit. That's your owner's draw, whatever you want to call it. That is only paying federal and state. You've eliminated the self-employment taxes on that percentage of your profit that you are not calling owner's wages. So depending on your business, depending on what you pay yourself, and again, it has to be reasonable. I'm going to dive into that in a few minutes, but that's where there can be significant savings because if you're under $147,000, that's 15.3%. And I'm not going to get into why I just use that number, but essentially a portion of the, the taxes do drop off over $147,000. Um, so just bear that in mind, and you're going to want to talk to a tax professional about all of this as it relates to you. But here's the second main benefit, and this does not get talked about a lot. There is much lower audit risk from the IRS for an S-corp rather than a regular LLC. And depending on who you ask, that number is going to vary, like what the difference of audits are. But in general, I used, like to use fairly conservative numbers. So I would say it's like one fifth compared to an LLC. So, and that amount actually increases in terms of your audit risk increases as your LLC makes more money. So an LLC making a million dollars in profit has a much higher audit risk than your colleague or your competitor making 200K in profit. So S-corps have a much lower audit risk than a traditional one-member LLC. The third 
component which gets talked about even less. And I don't want this to add complexity to the conversation, even though I think I've said complexity 20 times since I've only been rolling here for about seven minutes. But here's something that doesn't get talked about often. So now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously an entrepreneur and or looking to become one. So it's probable that you have the entrepreneurial mindset that you're you're looking at other ways to put your money to work. You know, your fitness business is an operational business. It's generating self-employment taxes. Now, it's possible that you've talked to a lawyer or whomever and they've said, okay, you have affiliates that you're doing supplement promotion for or apparel promotion for, whatever it is. Let's say for hypothetical purposes, they've put those in a separate entity because of the liability. Again, I'm not, I'm not even going to name something, but just hypothetically say, we want to separate this from your fitness business into a separate entity that that affiliate can pay you from. They're going to issue a 1099 not to the entity that your business is in, not to your personal social. They're going to issue it to this new LLC. Again, for whatever reason, we're just using this hypothetically. You don't want to have this S-corp status in every single business you own. Why? Well, one, again, there's some complexity to, to build it, well, which I'm going to go through today. And secondly, um, that's going to run the costs up for you because every single one of these requires a business tax return. So um, your most accounts are probably going to charge anywhere between $1,000 and $2,000 a year for each form. So if you have three different businesses because you have your primary business that is on, um, online coaching, but then you have another separate business that does apparel, and then you have another separate business that, let's say you do promotion, supplements, whatever it is, let's just say that hypothetically uh, a lawyer recommended you separate those out. That That's an extra two S-corps that are going to run a bill on you. So I say that to say if you have an S-corp, they are phenomenal vehicles to be the parent company. So what, I'm, what I mean by that is you have your fitness business. That could be an LLC, regular LLC, not an S-corp. And then on the other side, you have your apparel business that's issuing, that's receiving income. And then you have your, um, your supplementary promotion, whatever it is, in this third business. Again, all three of those could be regular LLCs. You can even have business partners in them. But all of them are owned as a parent company in one LLC that's that's 100% you. Now, again, I'm not going to dive deep into that, but just keep that in the back of your mind that the complexity of having an S-corp is significantly alleviated if you have the entrepreneurial mindset where this could be the parent company for multiple businesses. Because again, in that scenario where you have your affiliate income, uh, your apparel income, and your coaching income, again, hypothetically, they're, they're not all under the same business. Um, they're all generating self-employment taxes for you. So wouldn't it be great if all that income funneled into one entity so you have your liability protection that a lawyer uh, recommended, and now you have essentially tax protection that it's all funneling into a vehicle that is going to be shielding the entire empire that you're building from some portion of self-employment taxes. 
So those are the three main things. You're going to reduce self-employment taxes, reduce audit risk, and it can be an organized and efficient way to have a parent company for all of your investment empire. Now, actually, oh, I'm sorry, your operational investment empire, operational businesses. Um, I'm not going to dive deep into this, but as a general rule, do not put your rental real estate inside an S-corp because, again, it, it's preventing you from paying too much in self-employment taxes. Passive assets like real rental real estate do not generate self-employment taxes, so they already have a nice little perk, which is obviously one of the other reasons that's a very popular asset class. So now that we've talked about potentially, all right, S-corps sound great. Let's dive into the step-by-step process of what it takes to become one and who's doing all that work. Because again, you're running your business. If you want to save 10, 20, 30, $50,000 in taxes just with this one particular strategy, um, and again, there's no guarantee on that. I'm just saying that the people who choose to do it can run the projection and then execute. Um, But now we'll break down what you actually need to do and also who's doing it. Um, So you decided that you want to go to an S-corp status. What do you need to do? Now, hypothetically, I'm going to assume you're already an LLC because that's helpful. Like you don't have to be. You can go from a sole proprietorship directly to an S-corp. One thing I'll say about that, and I do not want this to – I'm hesitant not even to bring it up, but an S-corp has two ways of, of going. Like, in a way, an S-corp is, not a, is more of a tax designation than an entity. So what that means is if you decide to become, if you're a sole proprietorship, meaning you're running your business from your social security number, you don't have any business entity, then you have two choices. You have a, an attorney make you an LLC, and then we're going to go through the process, or they immediately open an S-corp. I don't love the idea of immediately opening an S-corp. And again, you're going to hear conflicting opinions on this. This is just my opinion. The reason I don't like it is twofold. One, some states do not allow you to transfer your S-corp the way they do transfer an LLC. The term is is called domestication, where if you move, I personally did this. I moved my business from New Jersey to Nevada. I live in Las Vegas, for those who don't know. Um, But I used to live in Hoboken in in New Jersey. So I made that move. I did not have to change my bank. I didn't have to change my tax ID number because my attorney did what's called a domestication, which I just up and moved the LLC to Nevada. There was no S-corp that needed to do it. And I don't even know if New Jersey would allow me to because I didn't have to look into it because I was an LLC. And being taxed as an S-corp is different than if you're just an actual S-corp. Here's the other reason I don't I don't like the other strategy of going straight to an S-corp. And again, there's a lot of lawyers who might be like totally disagreeing with this. Accountants might do the same thing because um, – but here, here's my reasoning. And again, feel free to use my reasoning as your own. But if you – Biden, for instance, has talked bef- – before things stopped working out for him at all, he was really coming after the S-corp status, wanting to add back – um, basically make it less favorable. I'll just say that. So it had people in the tax world saying, well, geez, like are S-corps going to be as favorable in the future as they are now? So let's pretend hypothetically someone comes into office and makes S-corps unfavorable. 
if you're an LLC taxed as an S-corp, you go to your accountant and you say, hey, or he probably tells you, and they say, hey, S-corps aren't favorable anymore. We want to go back to an LLC. You do this, the, uh, you basically revoke the S status with the IRS, and boom, you're back to an LLC. However, if you're an S-corp, a, a quote-unquote full S-corp, and, you re, and you're not an LLC taxed as an S-corp, you revoke that S status, you go to a C-corp. Now, most people I know that are in the small business world, in this current tax climate, the C-corps aren't very favorable. Um, I'm not going to dive into why because that could be its own podcast. But the two most popular, especially for fitness entrepreneurs, the type of businesses you're running are an LLC or an LLC tax as an S-corp, which we'll just call an S-corp. So that's step one. Again, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but that's that's why you might hear confusion as to like some people saying an S-corp's not a, an entity. It's a tax status. Then you have some color on that. And that's actually probably also helpful you to understand because some forms you're going to fill out, whether you put in a 401k in your plan or whatever, they're going to have potentially ask you what kind of entity do you have? And it may say an S-corp and another check box that says LLC taxes an S-corp. You should know they're for your particular business, which one you have. So I'll just leave it at that. And again, bring that up to your lawyer or accountant, because especially nowadays, if you're in a high tax state, California, New York, New Jersey, and you're looking to leave, talk to your lawyer. Because again, the domestication of that entity might be different if you're a direct S-corp. Um, we, had, we ran into that um, last year. Um, California wouldn't let the S-corp leave. So uh, California is terrible, but anyway. So the first step is we, we're already an LLC in this scenario. Hypothetically, we're already an LLC. We have a tax ID number in that LLC. So the first step is we fill out a form that we send to the IRS. We're basically giving them notification that we are going to be taxed as an S-corp going back to the first of the year. Now, I should have said this in the beginning of the podcast. The reason I'm specifically releasing this podcast when I am is because there's a deadline to, to do a filing for an S-Corp. And that's the 15th of March every year. So we have till March 15th, 2022 to elect to be taxed as an S-Corp going back to January 1, 2022. Um, there's ways to do late elections. But today we're not going to talk about that. We're going to say you're going to file notifying the IRS that you're going to be taxed as an S-Corp. Now we go into, once we send them that paperwork, we fax it over to them, um, we go into a 90-day waiting period for them to basically give you approval. Um, it's Again, we're inside of the eligibility window, so it's a notification process. They shouldn't have the ability to say no. Um, unlike when you file late, they could turn you down because you're, at that point, you're asking for permission, not notification. So now we're inside of a 90-day window. And side note, because of COVID, I would expect this to, to your approval process to be closer to five months. Um, but at least uh, the IRS is behind on a lot of things. So this is in that. But we've sent them the notification. So now the next thing we do is we act as if we're already an S-corp. Because once they approve you, if you've been operating, again, like if you file it in February, as I'm recording this, you don't hear back till July or August. Um, 
you've missed a lot of things that you need to do along the way to stay compliant as a, an S-Corp. So we faxed in the paperwork to the IRS. Now we're acting as if we're an S-Corp. So the next thing we're doing is we're establishing a business bank account. Now, you probably already have this if you're already an LLC, but if you're not, we're going to just make sure we have that. You are now using a business bank account that's in the name of the business entity in your um, using your tax ID of the uh, LLC taxes and S-Corp or, or the S-Corp, whatever. We're using your, our tax ID. The next is the next thing we're doing. And again, that's what I'm saying. Like the people delegating this, notifying the IRS, that's your accountant or my team. Any, it's not you is what I'm saying. So step one, not you. Open up a business bank account. Okay, that's on you. You know, you can ask for suggestions from your accountant, your team, but you're opening a bank account. That's on you. That's easy. You've done it already before. The next phase is you have to pick a payroll provider. Because again, as we talked about, you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary. You are now an employee of your own business. So you pick a payroll provider. In this hypothetical scenario, I'm going to talk about Gusto. That's what I use for myself. That's what I recommend to clients. I think they're extremely user-friendly. They're pretty affordable. Um, they're only going to run you $40, $50 a month, depending on which plan you pick with them. Um, but the process that comes next is one one that I thought was really smooth with them, uh, with Gusto. So you pick your payroll provider. You already know what your reasonable salary is because this, the accountant or the tax team that helped you fill out this form already had the conversation with you on what's a reasonable salary. Um, and we can dive into later like what how to pick that if we have time, but I want to make sure I go through the steps. Um, the next thing you have to do is you have to register with the state because even again, like I'm in Nevada. So you might be thinking, well, I'm in Texas, I'm in Florida. I don't pay state taxes. Yeah, that's true, but we're not talking necessarily about income taxes inside of the state. Again, you're now an employee of your own business. There's some state withholdings at a business. Like I pay what's called a modified business tax quarterly. Um, so I have to register with the state, link that to my bank account. Again, Gusto is going to calculate that and send it on my behalf. And they're going to do that the same thing for you. So I would highly recommend if you're saying, oh, this sounds great, but I'm going to cut corners and not use a payroll provider. Terrible idea, in my opinion, because there's so many forms that that, that they're doing on your behalf. There's so much taxation that they're withholding. They're sending it on your behalf. Um, so... Don't, don't cut corners there, in my opinion. So you're going to register with the state for withholding and unemployment taxes. So again, you're, you're now paying. They're, they're going to send off your unemployment, your state withholdings, your federal withholdings. They're now sending all of that to the respective um, entities for you, federal, state, local. They're doing all that for you. Just like if you worked for a Fortune 500 company, you're, they're sending the withholdings. Um, the next, so again, that that part where you're working with the state, that's a joint effort. Like my team helps you with that. Um, your accountant can help you with that, but the state probably is gonna be issuing you things if there's questions. Um, that's probably, in my opinion, the most complex portion of this whole process because you can send everything to your state and it goes super smooth. I've had some clients where we do everything and Something gets lost in translation. The state has questions. Um, so one, one thing I will note uh, about that 
Um, when you set up this bank account, or I'm sorry, this account or portal with the state, same way like you have a portal with the IRS um, that we've, I've talked about before for doing your quarterly payments. Um, just take note of when you have this account with the state. Again, I'm just going to use, well, I was going to say Nevada as an example, but this would be a, this wouldn't work. So let's pretend you're in California because you have a state withholding. So your quarterly taxes you go to pay to the state. You do not pay it into this portal because this is your business's portal. Quarterly estimates are personal. Again, if you're in an S-Corp, if you're an LLC, these are pass-through entities. So your personal taxes, you need to think about that differently than the business taxes. So again, as, as a business owner and as the employee of your own business, you're sending withholdings for yourself to the IRS, to the state, whatever it is. But the business is doing that. So you have to really separate that in your mind. Once you're an S-Corp, you are a business, You, I'm sorry, you are an employee of your own business. Um, now, the next thing is, is part of that. And this is state by state. Now that you're an employee of your own business, you might start getting notifications that now you need to get workers' compensation insurance because you would need that for having regular employees. Most, no, I shouldn't say most, a lot of states do not require workers' comp on the owners of the business. But you need to reach out to somebody who knows your specific state um, because I'm not going to give you blanket advice. Here in Nevada, I do not need to get workers' comp for myself as the owner of the business. Um, but that is, I can't say that for every state. So reach out to someone who's an expert in workers' comp insurance and just confirm if you just ask them, do I, as the owner of the business in the S-Corp with no employees, do I need workers' comp? And if they know what they're talking about and you trust their, their answer, then you know you either had to buy it or you don't. Um, and then the last thing you need to do, again, so now all of that is taken care of. Now you're operating like, a, like an S-Corp. So each month or each quarter, you need to run a payroll for yourself using that reasonable salary. Um, you should not do less than quarterly because there are state filings that are quarterly. And so the payroll provider is going to send all that on your behalf. They're going to pay the, the uh, respective taxes that you owe, and they're going to file the forms with the state. Um, and you need all that handled, or the state and the federal government. Um, so you want all of that done. So most people listening are probably going to pay themselves monthly anyway. But, but that's it. Um, so now the last thing that you need to do, and again, this is, not on you. Again, this is not on you. This is on my team, your accountant. You now have to file a business tax return. So in years past, you you may know the term, it's called a Schedule C. If you're a sole proprietorship or a one-member LLC, you didn't have a separate tax deadline. You just filled out your business tax return the same time you filled out your personal tax return. Now you are an S-Corp in this scenario. That rule changes a little bit. You have to file a business tax return. That's due March 15th, not April 15th. So you have to start getting, if you're one of these people who gets everything to your accountant the end of March or early April, probably driving them nuts. <laughs> Make sure now you realize you got to start scrambling and doing everything in February because you have a deadline of March 15th for these tax uh, business tax forms. Now, that's also why I was saying in the beginning of this podcast that an S-Corp could be a really cool parent company 
Because if you don't want to have three, four, five, six, seven S corps, because you have to get every single one of them a business tax return. Um, and again, that, that's going to start to run up the bill. So again, one thing we didn't talk about earlier, but one of the other things with an S corp, again, like you need to run the math on how much you save in taxes because you will increase your operational expenses with an S corp. Um, maybe that's not just because you have filing costs, you now have a payroll provider. There will be ancillary taxes that you run into um, at the state level potentially um, that you're now paying. But typically, and that's why these are so popular, um, those are less than your uh, tax savings. So it's usually a net gain. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it, obviously, unless it's a net gain to you as the business owner, increasing your profit because you're saving on self-employment taxes. Um, now let's talk about some of the things you should know. Now you're an S-Corp, what should you know? Well, one, and this is not a plug for my business, you can do whatever you want. I would highly recommend you start working with a professional bookkeeper at this point. Now again, that's gonna increase your, your operator, operational costs, but, but let me take it a step further. As you're going out into the, the world saying, hey, I need someone to help me with my bookkeeping, bookkeepers, bookkeepers of the Wild West, if, you, if they just took a weekend course on QuickBooks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend you, you working with them if that's, if that's the extent of their expertise. I would specifically ask them what their experience is doing bookkeeping for an S-Corp. The reason I say that because there's some, there's some fine balances that you need to do, and I'm not going to really dive into it today, because, but basically know that some of the things you're doing inside of your business are going to change as an S-Corp. Um, how you position your health insurance is going to change. It's got to be in your payroll now. Um, and then your accountant is going to back it out. Um, how you do your home office deduction, slightly different. Now the business has to reimburse you. Again, I'm not going to give you the details of that, because that, but you're not doing it. It's just an extra step that the IRS makes you go through to get the same deduction you had before. And again, this, this is all being done by other people. So you kind of get more of a bang for your buck on switching over to an S-Corp because you should, as a business owner, be focused on the numbers, not putting together the numbers. Um, the same reason you, you are building a team that's maybe doing social media outreach or running your ads or whatever it is, the finances should be similar because you can save more money letting, making sure everything's compliant. But more importantly, you should be analyzing your numbers. So here's something that is important to know as well. So now you're an S-Corp and the way you read your profit and loss statement is going to slightly change because in the past, you've had all of your revenue at the top, then all of your expenses, and then out comes the overall profit to you, the owner of the business. Um, that's your net income. Now that you're an S-Corp, the salary that we've been talking about, like, and hypothetically, you, you ran it through Gusto. Um, so we use the same example from before, $100,000 in profit. You have a salary of $60,000 and a profit of forty. dollars Now that $60,000, you don't – sorry, let me back up. When Previously, you would just see a net income for the year of $100,000. Now you're only going to see a net income of $40,000 because you're going to have a payroll expense 
of $60,000, which is your own payroll. So just be aware of that, that again, if you have a professional doing your bookkeeping, you're, you're going to start to see your profit margins drop. That's the reason. Your own compensation is now an expense of the business, um, which is why for my clients, I, I add that back in as we're tracking KPIs saying, you know, this is your net profit, but here's owner's total compensation. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we're tracking here. Like we're trying to improve profit and put it to work, building, buying assets and building wealth. Um, so just be aware of that. Don't don't think you screwed something up if you currently are DIYing your books or if all of a sudden you see your profit cut in half. Um, that's just part of the process. So again, um, the last thing I'll bring up in terms of so now you, you're an S-corp and you potentially are still in this waiting period. Um, and again, your bookkeeper can help you with this, especially if, if you hire my team to help you. This is, this is the last step of the process. You're an S-corp. We've checked all the boxes. Payroll is, payroll is taken care of. You're going to run that monthly, let's say. The last thing is you have to go through and double check that all the vendors that are paying you, that are 1099-ing you, they are paying into your S-Corp that you go back to them and say, okay, I know before it was no big deal. You were issuing it to my social. Maybe you started working with them when you were brand new and didn't even have an entity. They have to switch that to the tax ID of your S-Corp. Because again, we need that money inside the S-Corp for all this to work. It can't sit outside of the S-Corp. Otherwise, bam, you're back to paying uh, self-employment taxes on it. So you want to put as much money through the S-Corp funnel as you can. So again, go to your, your affiliates. If you're doing anything promotional for clothing, supplements, whatever it is, affiliates, anything, make sure they now have the tax ID number of the business. Um, conversely, or along the same lines, sorry, I'm jumbling my words. Um, do the same thing with your expenses. So for instance, if your cell phone is owned by you personally and you've always had, you know, your accounts like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll include in the business. True. Now you're an S-Corp. Ballgame changes a little bit. You got to go back to your cell phone provider and say, hey, I need to transfer this to the business. It's not a very complicated procedure. I did it with Verizon pretty recently. And I'll admit that was horrible. <laughs> They were sending me emails and telling me to confirm after we had already confirmed with everybody. The client kept confirming it. So whatever it's, but you get the idea, but you have to do that for all of your expenses. You need to make sure those expenses are owned by the business. So again, these are some of the things that it might sound complex, but you're not doing it or you're doing it once, you know, like, like anything, like setting up cable, the rides, like you have to make sure you're doing it. So with the home office deduction, same thing. Now you're moving into a world where you have to let your bookkeeper know what your home office expenses were so the business can reimburse you. It's not done like it was previously done where you just told your accountant come tax time. It's different. The business needs to actually, the same way like you think about it if you were working for a large company and you put something on your personal credit card for a travel expense, you you showed them your receipts and then they reimbursed you. It's very similar. Like you are now 
a fully functional business that reimburses you, the owner, for certain expenses that are allowed. Um, and that's basically it. So again, I, I want to emphasize that, oh, sorry. So let me let me circle back to the main thing that we're talking about here, which is the timing of this. So again, the deadline to do this is March 15th of the year. As I'm recording this, March 15, 2022 is the deadline to do this. That's when you need to get all the paperwork to the IRS. And then this is just a notification process. Um, but I highly recommend you have a conversation with a tax professional right away because it's very simple for them to run a projection saying, okay, if you stay the course, like we're just take last year as an example. If you were an S-corp, this is what you would have paid. Uh, this is your current liability. And more often than not, if you're making more than 50, 60K in profit, you're going to save using this strategy. The more profit you're making, the more you're going to save most likely. I'm not going to make a blanket statement, but but run this number with a tax professional. Um, and again, the first year, sure, it might feel like it's it's a little bit of work. But again, everything that I named, there's only about two or three things on this list that are up to you to do. And a lot of it's a one-time only. Again, setting up with the state, setting up the bank accounts. I mean, you should have bank accounts anyway, so... I don't even know why I'm, that shouldn't even be on the list of complexity. That's, you should have a business bank account anyway. Um, and then just remember the deadline is March 15th. Now, I didn't want to dive into this. Like you can do a late election. Not everyone can. I'll say that. It's, I don't, I really don't recommend it if you have this knowledge now, because there's a, a possibility that the IRS says no. Um, not everyone qualifies for that. Some accountants don't feel comfortable trying to go for a late election because of like, yeah, hey, you really didn't qualify. So I recommend you just do this now if you qualify, or sorry, if your income is high enough and you talk to a tax professional and they say, yeah, tax-wise, this is a no-brainer. Um, so I'll just end it with this, that my team does this. We have bookkeepers, accountants, Obviously, financial financial advisors. Um, well, I'm the only financial advisor, but this is what we do. It's tax planning. This is a major component of the tax planning, the tax filing, the bookkeeping. We're here to help keep you compliant. The complexity, we're going to do our best to put all of it on our shoulders. So you're out there, you're growing your business, and all the numbers, we're putting them together for you and tracking the strategic goals that you have. So you're making informed decisions. You're not sitting there for hours putting things into QuickBooks. You're out there talking to your clients, increasing their experience, working with your team to, to do whatever you need to do to grow the sales or improve the, the client experience in fitness. Um, so if you need help with this or you just want to ask more questions, because I was hoping I, I could take a lot of the, these concepts with S-Corps because I do love them um, and break it down for you so that the myth that either one, they're for the uber rich or two, it's not worth the headache that I can dispel that for you. Um, but if you still need more information or you want my help or my team's help to do this conversion for you, this is what we do. This is, we love it. We're good at it. Um, obviously, I, I think this is a fun conversation. So if you just have questions, reach out to me, DM me. Um, it's at Pat Darby Biz. Um, but the good news is I'm pretty sure my microphone worked this time. So, but again, really, if you have any questions, if there's any complexity that I did not 
address, DM me, uh, email me, whatever you need to do. The links are always in the show notes. Um, but let us help you get this conversion. If it's not with us, talk to your accountant right away, especially as you're recording this. They're not quite busy yet um, compared to what they will be if you hit them up like when we're all the way into March. But um, I hope you guys have a great day and I hope this was a helpful episode. Talk to you soon. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.